Welcome to a very special 12-part mini-series in partnership with Google Zeitgeist 2019, a collection of talks by people who are changing the world. Here, entrepreneurs, business leaders, storytellers, scientists, and dreamers share their visions of how we can shape tomorrow. President and CEO of the New York Times, Mark Thompson, and Editor-in-Chief of HuffPost, Lydia Polgreen, take on today's headlines, the threat that disinformation presents to our existence, and how to survive in a news organization when journalism is both vital and undervalued. Mark Thompson became President and Chief Executive Officer of the New York Times Company in November 2012. He has directed the company's strategy and presided over an expansion of its digital and global operations. Under his leadership, digital subscriptions have grown from 500,000 to nearly 4 million. The Times has successfully branched out into other digital products like cooking and crosswords and has launched one of the world's most successful podcasts and recently premiered The Weekly, a new TV news program for FX and Hulu. Lydia Polgreen is editor-in-chief of HuffPost. She was named to that post in December 2016 after spending nearly 15 years at the New York Times, where she led an initiative to expand its audience outside of the United States, with an initial focus on Latin America. Previously, Lydia was deputy international editor, the South Africa Bureau Chief, a correspondent for the New Delhi Bureau, and chief of the West Africa Bureau. To watch the video of this talk, please visit youtube.com slash Google Zeitgeist. That's Google, Z-E-I-T-G-E-I-S-T. So speaking of sleep and things that keep you up at night, uh, the news. <laughs> yeah, so I would say a fairly quiet day today. Yeah. Um, the Times, we got the first um, word last night about an important new witness in the impeachment um, process, but we're in the middle of kind of, it's one of those process stories. There's, there's always more to say, but, you know, at this stage, there's nothing definitive. So that's running on. We're in, what, day three or day four of yep. the <clears throat> al-Baghdadi story. Um, in the UK, we've got, we've got a, probably an election coming. There's, as usual, total chaos in, let's try, in, let's in try Parliament at the moment. Yeah. But, uh, and the attempt there is, I mean, they're getting fairly desperate. It's Brexit sort of stuck in Britain's throat like a fishbone. It, yeah. it, won't, it, won't come, it won't go down, it won't come up sort of thing. Um, <laughs> and this is fairly, I mean, it's very, I mean, the Brits don't like voting very often. Yeah. They were asked to vote in an election in 15, again in 17. This is now going to be December 19, it looks like. Dangerous, first, uh, almost a century of December election. They're, they're worried because there's been a very bad flu epidemic uh, this year in Australia. And the theory is by December that could be hitting the UK. And it's not just that people are going to get flu, but flu tends to paralyse the National Health Service. And the risk for the government is you've got a kind of a health service emergency as people are going to the polls. But it's Boris's attempt to try and um, kind of break this, this logjam. Um, uh, I'm not going to try and do a Nathan, Nathan Silver, except, except to say the stakes are very high. It's very hard for him to get a majority. Um, he's a great campaigner, though. He's a chancer, and he's a great campaigner. I think scenario one is he, 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 he just gets enough of a majority to get his deal through. On we go. Uh, I don't think Labour can get a majority, so the alternative is either another paralysed parliament or some kind of coalition of Labour with other parties, but we'll see. Yeah, I think it's, um, uh, it's uh, striking to me that uh, the first Brexit vote happened so long ago that you and I were still colleagues <laughs> at the New York Times. So. No, it's true, it's true, it's true, and it's this, this dangerous business of mixing a, a representative democracy with direct democracy. I mean, it's, it's, 
it, it, it's like the, the, the kind of experiments happening in this country and, and, the, and the UK, that they're superficially couldn't be more different to different yeah. systems, rest of it. A lot of the same themes are playing out. And that underlying story of anger, I mean, really deep, slightly amorphous anger yeah. and polarisation, um, which is really bad. And the UK is not used to it, and it's really bad. It's, it's, it's terrible in the UK, and I think it's playing out with the impeachment story in an interesting way in the last couple of days. I mean, the new witness that's come forward yeah. is a, you know, a young man named Alexander uh, Vindman, who is a highly decorated veteran, yeah. um, you know, did two tours in Iraq, um, educated at Harvard, that's worked right. in the White House. An immigrant from that, from, from and, the Soviet and, Union. And a, so on, yes, yeah. exactly. A, a refugee, in fact, from yeah. the Soviet Union. And you currently have, um, you know, surrogates of the Trump administration Administration, essentially going out and calling him, you know, not a real American. Um, you know, perhaps he's a, a Ukrainian yeah. mole. Um, and, and, and that, I think, gives you a sense of, of where we're at uh, yeah. right now, that, that um, you know, a, a person who came as a child refugee, um, served their country, is, is essentially being painted in this light. And, and that basic story of, of, of facts, in this case, biographical facts about a real human being, real facts, it themselves turning out to be, many people believe, well, you can have an opinion about those facts and your opinion can almost flip those, those positive facts, in this case, into negative facts. And I think that's what, I mean, the, the classic problem of, 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 of news and opinion is now completely jumbled in the political discourse. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, how is the business of news? Um, you, you run a you know, great newspaper. It's been, things have been going pretty well for the New York Times. So, so, I mean, what I want to say is, I mean, I think one of our breakthroughs a few years ago was to realise, you know, it, it, the tradition, particularly in this country, is of like a church-state divide of a, of a, 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 a newsroom and a, and, a, and a business side. And it's true, you, you want very careful segregation of, of, of duties between, you know, selling spots to, to advertisers and, and reporting on those same companies. That's absolutely right. Actually, we're at a moment where it's a Rubik's Cube. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the journalism and content and audience and technology and, and product and monetization are all faces of one thing that you have to, you have to kind of twist the whole cube mm -hmm. and, and to get the colors in, in the right place. And I think our biggest breakthrough was realizing we have to do this together. It's going to be a profound collaboration. It's going to be a multidisciplinary team, which has got journalists and editors. It's got data scientists. It's got designers and UX people. It's got it's got product and tech people, marketing people, and so on. It that and that. I think I would say that the success we've had is really because we thought about how we work together against the puzzle together. Um, in a way which is, was new in the company, it was just happening you know, in your last period. It was just beginning to happen. It's mm. beginning to get into real momentum. But no, I mean, for us, you know, we, we've tripled the number of, 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 of subscriptions. We're adding you know, close to a million subscribers per year now, which is... And you've got a goal of 10 million by 2020. Yeah, we're, we're about 5 million, about one and a half when I, when I, when I arrived. About five million now. Um, I, I, we've got a goal of good, of, good humble brag there. One and a half when I arrived. About <laughs> five now. Yeah. Um, but to repeat, it's not. This is not me. This is. Right. This is. If I've done anything, it's about trying to pull this team together and and help. You know, an independent newsroom realize it better lead in the future of journalism. So it's, it's been. It's been. You know, us doing doing all of this. But 
10 million mark, we hope, by, by 2025 or, 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 or sooner. Our modelling suggests that the global um, opportunity, the national and global opportunity for the Times, is very large and much larger than that. So, uh, you know, we're now in a, in a, in a, in a world where our, our revenue goes up every quarter. We, we remain very strongly profitable. And we're able to use our wonderful print product and the cash it throws off as like an internal investment bank to pour into... Into, into both content and, and engineering. Um, we've got, uh, over the last seven years, we've, we've added 300 journalists. Yeah. Uh, we've now got about 1,750 journalists in the place. Um, but, um, and we've got many, many more engineers and, 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 and data scientists and so on. But what I want to say is we have advantages. We're painfully aware that we've got advantages. And our industry continues as an industry to really suffer. And I think the existential threat um, uh, to journalism and holding institutions to account. We can see that playing out at local mm. and, and, and regional level across the United States, up to including major metros. And in Europe, we can see that in, in t entire countries playing out. And I would say that nothing that's happened yet... I mean, I think there are uh, maybe some things that others can learn from, our, from, from what we've, we've done at the Times and some other success stories, because we're not the only ones. But... It's still a really dangerous point. Um, one of the ironies is democracies are... Uh, it, it, it depends on a number of pillars, you know, a, a legal system which is independent and strong, but also a, a, a free press which is strong. And the great danger for the press is it's like a pincer attack. On the one hand, you've now got this whole debate about whether you can really believe what media says uh, or whether you should prefer your own opinions and your own facts. That's one prong of the attack. But the other one is the, is the economics of digital and the fact that so few publishers are kind of cracking the code or kind of getting that Rubik's yep. Cube in the right shape. Well, I think, I mean, I think I think about, um, I increasingly think about information ecosystem collapse rather than just the dying of the news industry. Because yeah. the reality is that, um, you know, just as the um, Industrial Revolution um, unleashed extraordinary economic growth, um, uh, largely through the use of highly polluting carbon fuels, um, you know, it also left us what, with what may ultimately be an uninhabitable planet. And I, my big fear is that the information age has essentially um, created a similar effect, but in our information ecosystem, where disinformation um, coupled with the destruction of um, previous business models um, actually poses a civilizational yeah. risk, right? I mean, uh, just as climate change is a huge risk, I think that this, the, 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 the lack of trust, you yeah. know, it, 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 it yeah. poses a huge threat to our way of life. So, so I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I want to say that the yeah, on optimistic days, I think we are genuinely cracking the code on some of this. Uh, we've, we're trying to figure out ways in which we can share some of the stuff yeah. that we've done with, with others. Um, I think there are some signs of um, the, the relationship with the major platforms, uh, to include Google, but Facebook and, 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 and Apple and others, getting into a new phase. That, that could help. Um, as you know, regulators around the world are, are, are fired up. Um, um, in a way, it's good they're paying attention. It's, it's right they're paying attention. Uh, I, I worry constantly, though, that, 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 that regulation is a very blunt mm. instrument. And um, if we can figure out a way of 
collaborating in the industry, that's a better, much better path than, than waiting for regulation, which tends, tends to um, kind of arrive late and also quite often kind of, you know, <laughs> this kind of collateral damage that, you know, some of the innocent... Well, it often, it often protects incumbents, right? I mean, I think that, that yeah. um, you know, one of the big effects of GDPR, for example, is it sort of solidifies the position of Facebook and Google rather than, um, rather than fundamentally undermining it yeah. um, and makes it impossible for anyone to compete with them. So. Yeah, I talked to a senior person in the commission about GDPR um, 18 months ago and I was sailing off into a, exactly this point about publishers. Publishers, it turns out the world, many of the world's publishers rely more on third-party... Right. Uh, uh, data environments than the major platforms do. And she said, can I, can I stop you? Can you tell me what third-party data is? Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and in a way, I mean, you understand. I mean, these, right. these are people who are doing something else for yeah. a living most of the time. But, yeah. but it, 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 and the risk, and we've seen that in some of the evidence been given in the, in the US Congress and, you know, yeah. in the UK Parliament and the rest of it, that the gulf of understanding between politicians and regulators and, and both industries and above all the, yeah. the, the kind of Silicon Valley giants is is epic. Well, but I think also even industry solutions um, can be problematic. I mean, I was a bit um, dismayed. Uh, I mean, the New York Times decided sort of at the last in, in the last instance to uh, to uh, to join up with Facebook and take a big check and be part of their new um, yeah. their new news tab. Yeah. Um, but what I saw on stage uh, with Mark and, and um, Robert Thompson was essentially the same thing, locking an advantage for the best-funded, wealthiest news organizations in the world, right? You, they're, they're the ones that are getting checks. What about the local news organizations? What about you know, digital news organizations yeah. that um, are really struggling, um, that so, don't have a subscription model? So, as I've said, I, I, I believe that we, we need to find solutions for the whole industry. Yeah. I have to say, I mean, at the same time, I mean, I, I arrived at the news organisation, which itself was fighting for its life, and we're, oh, I we're kind of trying to adopt yeah. the, you know, the principle in the airline is first put your own oxygen mask on before you try and help <laughs> anyone else. Sort of thing. <laughs> um, and uh, and Facebook News, um, um, the 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 principle of a platform paying, you know, what I've described to colleagues inside. The Times is a step change amount of money from a platform for a very specific um, thing. This this news tab is a very particular use within. Yep. You know, this is not about Instagram or or the wider uh, um, uh, Facebook environment. It's about one particular thing. Um, I think is helpful, and it's not surprising a platform would be, would begin with big, well-known brands. If it's successful, I would very much hope that 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 principle begins to be applied more broadly by Facebook and also potentially the other major platforms think of... I mean, if you're going to benefit from great quality journalism and make a big song and dance about curating it and presenting it, the idea you might help pay some of the economics that makes it possible to do it is not a crazy idea. And I think the world where, where a, a platform can say, well, look, we're going to give you a vast audience. How can you fail to make a great business if you've got millions of unique users? Those days are over. We, we, yeah. we, you know, we understand now the economics of, of a single anonymous user. Yeah. And you can have 100 million of them and, and still not have a good business. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I think, I think another step change is Google's uh, prioritization of original reporting. Yeah, uh, one, very one, much so, yeah. My, my personal experience with this is uh, when uh, one of the last big stories that I covered as a foreign correspondent for the Times was the funeral of Nelson Mandela. And uh, this famously became part of the innovation report where um, my current employer, uh, which was yeah. then the Huffington Post, actually got more traffic aggregating yeah the New York Times coverage of, um, of, um, of Nelson Mandela's funeral than yeah. the Times did. Um, now, that's all changed. We do things differently at HuffPost well, now. It's, it's, kind of things it, it's kind of changed. I mean, yeah. still, I would say it still happens several times a month that, yeah. that somebody else, I'll get the exact, I mean, a Times will do a story. And let's take CNN, another great, yep. great, great big news brand. And uh, uh, in many ways, a very, very great, a good quality journalist engine itself. But CNN will perfectly respectfully quote our story and, and the New York Times will be in the first in the first sentence. Yeah. So that sometimes appears higher up in search, yep. you know, even though it's five minutes after only five minutes after our original story right. rather than the original story. So that's still that's something that but, but, but we're working on. I think progress yeah, but I think, progress has been made there, I'd say. I think yeah. I think that, that Google shifting and, and putting a thumb on the scale for yeah. the person that broke the story is I think yeah. a, a, a really good step yeah. in the right direction. And I want to say that's another example of a platform listening. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, and actually responding, and that, that yeah, I would say, you know, I, I'm not saying that's an entirely new thing, but I, right. I think that the, that that sense of the relationship improving is one again a sign for optimism. And I think it's also it's also something that will lead to greater health in the in the industry, right? Um, if you can't build a business out of aggregating other people's content, yeah. then you won't, right? <laughs> like yeah. then 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 it leaves more time and attention for the quality players who are actually doing the work. Um, we have a lot of CMOs in the room, so I want to talk about advertising. How important is advertising in um, to the Overall kind of uh, pie chart of revenue yeah. for for, um, for for the Times, yeah. and um, you know, do you, even as you're focusing on subscription revenue, um, it, it seems to me that that's a really big part of it. Is I mean, we're a subscription first business, and the end, the core of our future is going to be deep relationships with the, with those people who, who, who love us. We still want a very big audience, though, uh, and uh, you know, we we have. As I said, about five million subscribers, 145 million unique users in, in September, in about 100 in the US and the rest abroad. Um, um, and we want we want great partnerships with with brands. I mean, our, our thesis is moving away from um, uh, uh, kind of open market programmatic. I think we'll probably start exiting open market programmatic, and for example, in our apps, really quite soon. Uh, much more towards deep integrations. Mm -hmm. We did a fabulous integration with Google Cloud. Um, our photo archive uh, uh, was digitized for the first time, kind of essentially black and white photographs, mm -hmm. millions of them in a kind of damp basement, sucked up into, into Google Cloud. And uh, mul uh, um, a multi-million uh, uh, dollar partnership over a long mm -hmm. period of time to really bring those, that archive to the, to the world's attention. That would be a good example. That and various forms of, of uh, branded content mm. feels like much more of the way forward for us than traditional space selling. I'm not saying we're not going to do any of the latter, but that too is changing. Unfortunately, I think the higher value podcasting, the daily in particular, is a fabulous advertising platform at the moment. So trying to find with podcasting and TV new, new, new forms. And again, encouraging advertisers to think about print, apps, mobile web, podcasting, and potentially video and TV mm. as, a, as a kind of way of running a campaign. That's the way we're thinking about it.
Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about this a lot because, you know, the subscriber model, I think, is great. Um, and it's important that that, that exists. But I, but I also think that a diverse media landscape is important. Completely. And having free-to-consumer um, journalism yeah. of, 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 yeah. of significant quality is a, is a really important thing to a democracy. Yeah, and I want to say so I think a lot about advertising and yeah. how, you know, that, that, yeah. that actually can and should be able to pay the bills so for a certain of, type of we, news we, we think having that broad number of unique users is good for our subscription business. Sure. And it means we've got 140 million people, most of whom are reading as much of the New York Times as they want to every month mm -hmm. without encountering, you know, uh, an actual requirement sure. to pay. So, and, and when there's a, a natural disaster like Sandy or when there's an election, we take the entire pay, 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 pay gate down so people can consume as much as mm -hmm. they want. So we're trying to find this way of, of still keeping the Times out there, influential, and available for the whole world mm. with the reality, which is we can't keep that amazing newsroom going unless we can figure out a way of paying for it. And our best bet at the moment is this, this subscription model. Um, the Times is taking a lot of, despite things being really great from a business perspective or doing well from a business perspective, yeah. you're also taking a lot of flack, um, understandably on the right, because they've always hated the Times, yeah. but increasingly on the left. How, how, how do you hold that space in the center? Well, this business, the lonely spot of, of trying to stand for objective reporting, which is not tribal, it's not trying to make an ideological point, but just trying to get, I mean, we have opinion pages, which, and editorials in particular, which historically have, have tended to be liberal in, 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 in focus, predominantly liberal. Uh, we've been hiring conservative writers as well. Often people have found that difficult to take. But we're unashamed about trying to stand for something which is outside the ideological hurly-burly and is just trying to help people to pursue the truth um, and to help people understand the world. That's what we're trying to do. And, you know, people often say, because we've seen some, you know, um, uh, people cancelling their subscriptions. There's been a movement on the left, which slightly awkwardly, the President of the United States joined last week. Uh, uh, <laughs> tragically, we've lost a very loyal subscriber at the moment. We'll, we'll win him back. I have a we'll feeling back, you have but, not lost but... <laughs> him as a loyal subscriber. No, I, yeah. I'm, I hope he won't cheat and look at it without paying. But, <laughs> but, but people often say, do you want... Do you want trusting? You know, you, yeah. you want trust from your, your 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 readers. You know what? We want critical, disputatious readers. We want people who've got an opinion. Mm. Every loyal Times reader has got a kind of list of grievances, mm. and that's the way it should be. That's what a mature relationship. People shouldn't be, you know, um, overly reliant on any news source. I said to anyone who asks, particularly young people, read multiple sources. Try and read or look at or, or watch someone whose ideology you disagree with. That's how you learn what's going on in the world. That's right. Mark, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Lydia. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this mini-series in partnership with Google Zeitgeist 2019. To find out more information about Google Zeitgeist, including speakers appearing in previous years, please remember to visit youtube.com slash Google Zeitgeist. That's Google, Z-E-I-T-G-E-I-S-T. -E